The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm so grateful you're joining us here today. Uh, I want to say thank you to the people of technology um, who helped put this show together before we introduce our guest. I'd like to say hello to Olivia from Transformation Talk Radio. Hey, Olivia. Hello, How are you doing? Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. I'm here uh, on the island and... For those of you who are watching the video or listening, and if it, if it's not great, I apologize, but um, it's summer and I love it out here. And hello, Mr. Benny Mathers. How are you? Hi, doing well, Christine. Uh, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, apparently the uh, technicians there are on uh, island time as well. So, you know, we'll, yes. <laughs> we'll get exactly. with them afterwards. We'll, we'll whip, them, whip them into shape. And it's funny, the people who've lived here for a long time, what they think is good internet is laughable on the mainland, but you know, <laughs> it can be at times. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty sad out here, but it is changing. It is changing. You know, when Oprah got a place on the island, um, you know, suddenly there was fiber optic coming. Have so you delivered any uh, uh, goodies for her or to her? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay. But um, is there an yeah, opportunity? And I think she arrives by float plane and she leaves by float plane. Haven't haven't seen her in town yet. But, maybe um, maybe you should yeah, get I hope a float that she plane. She enjoys then. the beauty here. Yeah, you should get in, get a float plane or a pilot's license. Then you you'd be well on your way. You can help her out. Let, oh. Let's not just ah, say I did okay, okay Betty. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I'm I'm really excited about our guest today because he has a very positive spin on adversity, and if you if you've lived more than I don't know five or ten years on this planet you know that there are gonna be struggles, there are challenges, and he is going to help us kind of shift that around and turn it into a major plus. But before we get into that, we're gonna take a quick 60 second break, make sure that our technology is in alignment, and um, but stay tuned for our guest here talking about adversary. Ad ad adversity is our greatest ally. Stay tuned. The vibration of change. That magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW 
AM 1150 in the Seattle area and on Transformation Talk Radio around the world. Um, you know, life has its challenges. And I know that many people are feeling additional challenges right now during COVID, during the, some of the stay-at-home orders. Um, people are struggling with their businesses. Some people are struggling to make ends meet. I think that the timing for our show today is really perfect. Um, we're going to be talking to Coach Michael Taylor, and he is what's known as an irrepressible optimist. He's got a passion for the impossible. He's an entrepreneur with a fascinating story. He's the author of eight books, motivational speaker, and a radio and TV host, and he's committed his life to empowering others to transform their lives from the inside out. Um, he's also the author of this, his latest book is Adverse, Adversity is Your Greatest Ally. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Coach Michael Taylor. Hey, M Michael, how are you? Hey, Christine. So first of all, let me acknowledge your, your viewers and listeners right now, because it's important that if we're going to talk about the vibration of change, to have the audience know that they're a part of that. So I'm really glad that they're tuning in today. And obviously I wanna thank you for creating a platform that allows people like myself to share positive, inspiring messages. So thank you for having me on the show. I'm really looking forward oh. to the conversation. Oh, I love that. You, you started with gratitude from the very get-go. I love that. And I think that that's a part of, you know, based on your book and based on just seeing you in, in other videos and feeling your presence, Gratitude seems to be an important part of your creative ability and success. And uh, I think that's beautiful that you started the show like that. So when somebody looks at somebody like you, who's been very successful in a variety of ways, they think, oh, well, you know, life must have been fairly easy for him or for her, um, or, you know, something just was in alignment and they got lucky. But that's not your story. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about your trials and tribulations that have led you to where you're at today? Well, first of all, I was born in an inner city project of Corpus Christi, Texas, to a single mom with six kids. And we were basically the poster children for poverty back in the 60s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times you'll hear people say that I didn't realize we were poor when I was a kid. Well, I realized we were poor from a very, very early age. And intuitively or instinctively, somehow I knew that I didn't want that to be my life when I grew up. And so the good news is I had a mother who instilled in me a very simple idea. And she told me, if you want something badly enough, there's no one that can keep you from accomplishing it except yourself. And that message really was embedded in me at a very early age. And so let's move forward to high school. I get to high school. And I went to a seminar and this guy convinced me that I could get rich selling vacuum cleaners. So I decided to drop out of high school. <laughs> I decided to drop out of high school to get rich selling vacuum cleaners, which was a really poor choice, but it taught me a couple of very valuable lessons. Number one, it taught me that I was able to take risk. And that's one of the things that I think we all have to embrace, be willing to take risk, not knowing what the outcome might be, but just being willing to jump out there sure. and do it. So again, it was a poor choice at the time, but it did teach me so, those valuable lessons. But fortunately for me, even though I never sold a single vacuum cleaner, I actually landed a, a job with a building supply center. And I worked extremely hard. I climbed the corporate ladder and actually became the youngest manager in the history of this particular company at 22. Wow. 
So at the age of 23, I was living the American dream. I had the house, the wife, the 2.5 kids and all of that by society standards, I was successful. Uh-huh. And within approximately a six year time frame, that American dream turned into the American nightmare as I went through a divorce, a bankruptcy, a foreclosure, a deep, deep state of depression. I was actually homeless for two years living out of a car. So, wow. so, so h- how did that happen? Tell, tell us a little bit more about um, how that happened because it sounds like it was abrupt, but I'm sure it, it wasn't so abrupt. Well, in terms of how did the divorce happen or the, what, what part do you want? And, and the bankruptcy and all that, like it, it's, you know, I mean, people understand, okay, there are struggles in relationships, but how does that lead to bankruptcy? How, do, how does that lead to you living out of your car? Well, a couple of things. First of all, I got married for all the wrong reasons. Okay, I got married because I was doing what society says I was supposed to do, you know, have the house, the wife, the 2.5 kids. So I was in a relationship in which I was very, very unhappy. And in retrospect, what I can see is that my divorce was actually the best thing that ever happened to me. But if I tie it all together, what I recognized was the discomfort, unease I felt internally inside had been festering for a while. And it was like the universe was calling me to something bigger, but I was denying it. And so I was stuck in a relationship. Been been there, done that. (laughs) I was stuck in a marriage in which I wasn't happy. I knew that in my heart and soul, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I wasn't paying attention and following that. And so it's like the universe gave me this wake up call. says, look, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing on the planet. And so the bad marriage, you know, being unfulfilled in my job and career, it led me to say, you know what, I got to do something different. And so, again, I believe everything happens for a reason. And once again, my divorce Uh was the best thing that ever happened to me because it challenged me for the first time to wake up and to stop looking outside of myself and start going inside. And that's when my journey began as a result of my divorce and bankruptcy. Okay, so in, in some sense, you hit rock bottom in a variety of ways. How did you climb out of that? Well, I received a miracle. I was sitting up late one night because I was too depressed to sleep. And I was sitting at the edge of my bed, looking across the room at my bookshelf, when I happened to notice that every book on my bookshelf had something to do with getting rich or making money. And as I looked at those books, this question just popped in my head. And the question was this, Michael, what if you took all the energy and effort you've used in trying to get rich and simply figure out how to be happy? Uh And as simplistic as that question may sound, it literally changed and saved my life in an instant. Because when I asked myself that question, all of a sudden, my depression lifted. And I had this amazing clarity, this clarity, this inner knowing that first of all, I was going to be able to rebuild my life. But secondly, it was going to become extraordinary. And so as a result of that question, I stopped reading books on getting rich and making money. And I started reading books on psychology and philosophy and spirituality and metaphysics and personal development. So I went on this amazing journey of transformation, which I'm still on today. But after approximately um, oh, three to six year time frame, 
I was able to start putting my life back together. And then I realized that along the way, I had learned these valuable lessons in life. And I wanted to share the lessons in life with others because obviously I knew there were people had, who would go through the same things that I'd gone through. And uh -huh. that's when I began writing. Interesting. So from a, sort of a higher level perspective, it looks like you were trying to fulfill a goal that was external in terms of dollars signs, you know, and you went from that to the, to the internal goals of happiness and fulfillment, which. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, again, I was, I was driven by stuff, you know, I was driven by money. And so as a result of losing all of that, it was the universe's way of saying, okay, let's back up. You're facing the wrong way. Stop mm -hmm. looking out there. Let's look in here because that's where the real treasure is. And that's what that journey of transformation did for me. It allowed me to look within and transform myself from the inside out. So how does transforming yourself from the inside out affect your external success? Well, I think everything starts from within. There's a beautiful saying that I love that says, if you don't go within, you'll always go without. And so for me, going within means connecting to that, which is my authentic, true self. Um, you can call it whatever you want to call it. You can call it God, higher self, universe, whatever. But I believe sure. there is an essence that we all have as human beings. And it is our responsibility to tap into that essence of who we are. And so going within was my willingness to tap into that, that divinity within me to connect to who I truly am as a human being. And once again, it's been an amazing process, but what it allowed me to do is during this process, I uncovered that I had several gifts and talents that I wasn't even aware of. For example, writing. I never dreamed of being a writer. Uh, I was in my mid thirties before I wrote my first book. And I actually started writing a book because <laughs> I had gotten into the speaking business and the way to get speaking engagement was to have a book. And so right. I wrote a book to get into the speaking business, but I realized that I was, it's a gift. It's a gift to write. And um, so this, this whole process of waking up and discovering these gifts allow me to tap into who I am as a human being and express that through those gifts. So when somebody's going through a challenging stage in their life, how do they find the light to go through that tunnel and eventually find their way out? Well, for me, it begins with imagination. And here's what I mean by that. During the darkest period of my life, I was living in my car. And I would sleep in the back seat. And on the, the back where I would sleep, I had these sticky notes. And I would stick, as you mentioned earlier, things I was grateful for on the back seat. And no matter how difficult <clears throat> things were, I would always find something to be grateful for. And I remember sticking... <clears throat> On, on the back of the seat one day, it happened to be raining. And I remember sticking it on the back seat is, I'm glad I have this car to be in because I'm not in the rain. But what I mean by imagination is, even during those periods, I started imagining myself getting out of the situation I was in. And so we've all heard about creating vision boards and so forth and so on. But that what that does sure. is activates our imagination. And I believe imagination is simply the imaging in of God's divine ideas. And when we tap into our mm -hmm. essence and we start imagining, we start listening to um, and paying attention to that still small voice within us, 
it will guide us to next steps. And so, but it begins in our imagination, us being willing to see in our own mind's eye that which we want to create in our lives. And that's where it all begins. So I have to start and, seeing myself in that position. And I, I know that scientists have been able to evaluate things like how the imagination um, affects the our physicality similarly to the way um, actually doing something is. So it's kind of like our 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 body, mind, spirit doesn't know the difference between what's going on in our imagination and what's going on in our reality. They did that with, you know, people practicing shooting hoops and they found that those who imagined themselves getting good at it and not practicing were as good as those who went and physically practiced um, at the end of the study. So, so when we say imagination, I mean, it sounds kind of like ethereal and yet there's science that backs up that this can be very effective. Absolutely. And again, everything begins with thought. And so if I can't imagine myself getting out of a situation, I'll never get out of it. So I have to begin imagining myself what it's going to be like. But here's the key. Once you have the vision, if you will, then it's about taking an emotion and elevating that emotion to bring that image to light. So for example, when I was sitting in the back of my car with nothing, I was imagining myself in this multi-million dollar mansion, right? So I'm imagining myself coming out of this situation and I'm imagining myself in this mansion. And I would sit there and I would just, oh, and I could see in my mind's eye this amazing mansion that I would be living in. Well, the uh -huh. feeling that came from that, okay? The more I put myself into that feeling space as if it, it had already happened, then that begins activating the universe. And the universe starts going, right. okay, I get it. That's what you want to create. So here, let's start moving you in that direction. And so having that picture first and then attaching an elevated emotion to it, eventually, as long as you move toward it, you can create it. And I love that you're pointing that out and emphasizing that because I think that there are plenty of people out there who talk about manifestation techniques and it's kind of like it's all about what's up here, but you have to engage the, the emotionality of it or it's not effective. Yeah. And I think also when, when we engage emotions, we can, with our emotions, we can only be honest about what it is we really want, you know? It's, it's like, we might say, oh, I want, you know, to own a boat or whatever. And then every time you're thinking about it, on some emotional level, you're thinking about all the responsibility and, and, and it sort of kind of brings you down. You can't have that elevated emotion if you're worried about that stuff. So it's kind of like the emotion gives the clarity of whether you really do want it or not. Yeah. And so for me, here's, here's one of the things that I talk about in the book, which was really important for me because I got involved with the new age movement and um, it was very easy for me to be optimistic and motivated and all of that. But then there were still some things that were missing, but here's something that I learned from my own experience. We talk about feeling elevated emotions, right? How important right. that is. Well, in some cases, for example, in my case, from six to 13, I had possibly the most traumatic childhood a child could have, okay? From six to 13, it was, it was terrible. And so what happens is I created defense mechanisms not to feel. So I disconnected as a defense mm -hmm. mechanism. Well, as I grew up 
and I was doing all this motivational stuff, well, see, I had the most, a lot of emotional trauma that I had to be willing to heal, to get to the right. point where I could actually feel. So for me, I talk a lot about the importance of making peace with your past. And so for uh -huh. me, healing that those emotional scars and trauma from my childhood is what really allowed me to connect because I had done the, you know, the Anthony Robbins motivational stuff, walking on hot coals and all of that. And I was highly motivated, mm -hmm. but there was still something missing. And for me, that piece was understanding and how to reconnect to the emotional part of myself, which had been traumatized. And I had to heal that before I could connect to emotions. So that was a really important piece for me uh, in my process. So you're basically saying no spiritual bypassing allowed if you really want exactly. to achieve what you're going to achieve. Exactly. Because yeah. we, end up, we end up processing everything from the intellect. If we're not connected to our hearts, we can't truly feel and authentically connect to source, I believe. And that's what right. I did for a very long time. I could intellectualize and talk to you about, you know, God and spirituality and motivation and making money. But in my heart, there were a lot of wounds that I needed to heal. And once I did that, then everything really changed. So Michael, given that you have faced deep wounds, you know, from a difficult childhood, do you have the perspective today that there were gifts in that? Absolutely. You know, I've actually, I can, I can go back to the moment that I was born and explain to you how my soul set everything up. I mean, mm -hmm. I can see with absolute perfection how every pain, every trauma, every adversity has put me into the place where I am today. And if I had to go back and do my life all over again, I wouldn't change a thing because by wow. removing any piece of it, I wouldn't be who I am today. So mm -hmm. I'm absolutely grateful for all of the pain, all of the trauma, all of that, because it has now set me up to be in a place where I have unshakable faith in that which is greater than myself. And I believe that adversity, the, the, the intention of adversity is to help us build trust in the universe. Because- Oh, oh say that again, Michael. That's a great line. Say it again. The, the intention of adversity is to help us build trust in the universe. Because every time we overcome an adversity, there's a part of us that goes, yes. I got it. You're right there in my corner. There's something in me that's allowing me to move through this. And so the more we build that trust muscle, then the more we uh -huh. can create anything we want in our lives. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And that, and, and the more often we have to go through something, the more we develop the trust when we get, when we employ positive measures to, to get to the other side. As, I mean, although some people will feel victimized if they, if, if they get, um, you know, adverse situations and challenges over and over again, other people will rise and rise and rise. How, how, how do you, going beyond the imagination and the emotionality, you know, associated with, with positive images, um, what else can we do to make sure that we're in the former and not the latter category where we actually rise through it? Well, the first thing that I say, and I say this as a former atheist, okay, <laughs> I think it's important to understand and develop an intimacy and a connection with something greater than yourself. And you get to choose to call it whatever you want to call it. But for me, you know, I choose to call it divine intelligence. 
I also call it source energy. That divine intelligence, which is permeating this entire universe, it's moving and, and, and expressing as us. So it wasn't until I made that spiritual connection, um, because there was a time in my life, as mentioned as an atheist, where I thought I could figure everything out in my head. But it wasn't until I connected to something bigger than myself that I came to recognize that, okay, if this thing called divine intelligence is real, <laughs> if I can connect to it and trust it, then how can I ever be depressed or upset or scared about anything? Because when you know something, knowing is the complete absence of doubt. So when right. you know something, when you know, and you can't intellectualize this, but when you know intuitively and in, in, internally, that this source, this energy is there. And it's, it's important to also understand that you, for me, I, my belief is that there is but one presence and one power in the universe. And so there's no negative energy out there causing things to happen to me or anything. So when I got clear on that, and I knew that there was this intimacy and connection that I could create with this divine intelligence, then it's, it's the foundation of everything that I do. It, it, it guides every thought, every action. So creating that intimacy, that connection with the power greater than yourself is paramount to or foundational to living an extraordinary life, I believe. And, and trusting that it's a supportive universe as opposed to um, one that wants to make us into victims. Yeah, yeah and I love that. I mean, literally God is love, okay, in my, in my belief system. So mm -hmm. if, if uh -huh. God is love, as I understand it, Love can only do one thing, love, period. <laughs> it doesn't punish, it doesn't judge, it doesn't condemn, it simply loves. Right. So as I look at my life and all the adversities that I went through, I can see the love in every situation. I can see mm. the universe loving me even though it hurt like heck at the time. I can right. see the love that it was because that love was preparing me for ultimately what I'm doing right now. Mm. That's a and we're going to talk more about what it is you're, you're doing and some of the tools that you have to offer people to turn adversity into an ally when we return here on the other side of the break. Stay tuned for more with Coach Michael Taylor. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. Years ago when facing cancer, Without any immediate treatment options, I sought healing by making various life changes. For a while, I followed a very restrictive diet. I often found myself obsessing about which foods were good and which ones were bad. Then one day, I realized I was consuming foods based on fear, fear of not getting well. But I didn't want to make choices out of fear anymore. I decided it was far better for my immune system if I allowed myself to experience the joy that came from, say, eating frozen yogurt that it was for me to ingest the fear that came from avoiding it. Now, instead of choosing healthy habits based on fear, I try to make choices because they feel right and ultimately bring me joy and ease. How many of your healthy habits are really based on fear? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. How to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. 
Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles shares stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www.DivinelyDrivenResults.com. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. You can also find this as a podcast in various places, uh, including on ChristineUpchurch.com and uh, dozens of other podcasts. We are talking today with Coach Michael Taylor. He's the author of eight books, including Adversity is Your Greatest Ally. And Michael... You, you've talked about some of the tools that you've used. I know that you co- coach other people to get through adversity and to put their life back on track. Um, do you have some more advice for us about if we're in the midst of, of feeling really challenged, whether we've, say, lost a job during COVID or having relationship difficulties with our kids or a partner, um, how do we kind of shift our lives in a more positive direction beyond the imagination and the emotions? Well, I think the key is what we mentioned at the very beginning is gratitude. Um, Everything I do is based on my gratefulness for being alive and for for being where I am today. And so I always recommend that if you're not doing it already is that you start your day with a gratitude list. Um, I, I, I can't emphasize that enough because when you're in gratitude, you, you, gratitude and depression can't coexist in the same space. So if you're uh-huh. depressed, if you can shift for a moment to get into gratitude, depression subsides. So everything in my experience starts there. So I always recommend no matter what you're going through in your life, if you can stop for a moment, and look at what you have to be grateful for, because there's always something there for you. And as mentioned, I've, I've been at the lowest points of my life, but even then I was able to find something to be grateful for. And it's what has allowed me to rebuild my life after all of those adversities. 
And so I think two things that we have to do. Number one, have gratitude. And number two is we have to create a positive mental attitude, which is so, so difficult when we're so inundated with so much negativity and pessimism in our society. But again, everything starts in mind. And so if we're positive, the universe supports us in creating more things to be to experience as positive. So there's a vibration that we give off. And you know, you talk about the vibration of change. So if yep. we're going to be positive, we we literally give off a positive vibration. The universe is going to support that vibration and it's going to come back to you. So it's right. extremely critical that we have gratitude and have a mindset of optimism. So Okay, let's say somebody is in, you know, in dire straits, you know, they're, they're in the middle of a divorce, or they've just gotten fired from their job. Can you give us some examples, get so that to help people get creative about what they could might be grateful for? Well, one of the things that I, I highly recommend is that as human beings, it's absolutely critical that we have support networks. And one of the things that I did, which if I had to do anything differently, uh, what I would do is I would make sure that I had a support system. Um, Because when we're in the middle of life's chaos and we're trying to handle that all on our own, it can be difficult and painful. But if we have a support system that allows us to, if nothing else, share how we feel, what we're going through, it gives us an opportunity to move through the negative, painful experiences that we may be going through. So my first recommendation is to have a support system. And the beautiful thing about social networks these days is that there's an unlimited amount of networks that you can join that can support you in dealing with whatever adversity you may be going through. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's divorce groups, there's, you know, there's single fathers groups. There's so many wonderful opportunities for us, but we have to have the courage to go to these groups and to seek support because one of the most difficult things for most of us is to say, I need help, especially from Absolutely. to say, I need help. So finding a support system is, is absolutely crucial because as mentioned, my downside, if you will, is that I always try to do everything on my own. Um, and that's something well, me that I, too. that's one of the things I still struggle with. You know, I, I can figure this out. I can figure this out. And, you know, me and God, you know, and all that stuff. But, but I have come to know that I have a support network now that if, you know, if, if I'm in a funk of, for whatever reason and I need, uh-huh. I can call these guys and say, hey, guys, I just want to chat, you know, just talk. So finding a support network is the, is the foundation of dealing with whatever adversities that we're going through. And, and I think about how um, we have to be careful who we choose because Absolutely. there are some people who just thrive on the complaining and the victimhood. And so we really don't want to connect, connect with them. I mean, it may feel good for the first five or 10 minutes, but after that, it's not going to lift us up. Um, but we also have to be careful not to, to have somebody just immediately say, well, you know, don't worry about it because it's going to get better. But sort of somewhere in between where we're allowed to feel what we feel and express it and then allow the positivity to seep in from our support. Yeah. And again, that's, that's why it's important for the first key points was the gratitude and the positive attitude uh, idea, because we, 
want to attract the people to us that are going to support us, that have the same values and, and ideas about what we believe. So finding those types of networks may take a little due diligence, but it's important to connect with like-minded people that can support and empower you. Yeah. So do you find that sometimes you have to let go of relationships because um, they are sort of not in your vibration or, or, or not supportive of you moving forward? Yeah. And it, it comes back to the heart, to the feeling. And here's a quick story. I, I met this amazing woman a long time ago and um, I thought she was my soulmate. Right. Uh-huh. And right. we started off, everything was perfect. And matter of fact, she was on the back cover of one of my books with me. And, and so uh-huh. things looked on the outside, like they were great, but the truth was I was not connected to my heart. And for the first time in my life, I had to really get honest with myself about what my emotional needs were in relationships. Uh-huh. And for the first time, I gained the courage to be completely honest and clean in terms of ending a relationship, which my, my default was to do things to sabotage my relationships. But uh-huh. I, I wanted to grow past that. So what I learned how to do was to just get real clean with what was true for me. And so I had to go to this person uh-huh. who I loved, but who was unwilling to address some of the issues that she needed to address, which was keeping us uh-huh. from really connecting. And I had to end that relationship. And we were actually engaged to be married. But uh-huh. it, was a, it was a really freeing thing because for the first time I realized that I put myself first uh, in the relationship, what my needs were, which was again, very new for me, but Mm -hmm. to be able to say, I know I deserve better, right? I I know I deserve better. And I was able to walk away from someone that I loved by loving myself even more. Right. And it sounds to me like you did it in a loving way as well, because so oftentimes like we do sabotage relationships or it's like this, this blame and shame game, which just puts us right back in the same kind of situation again until we're able to have clarity and love ourselves and love, have compassion for the other person as we move through it. Yeah. I mean, again, when I say clean, it was just that it was authentic. It was not attacking or shaming or blaming. It said, look, this isn't working for me and I have to choose to do something different. And you let go, right? And I think that letting go can be so difficult to do, but did it ultimately pay off in your, in your personal life? Oh, did it ever? Did it (laughs) ever? After that relationship, I spent some time just getting to know myself, understanding what I had done in that previous relationship that I could change and make better. And eventually I found the love of my life and we've been blissfully married for the past 18 years. We've been together for 20 and uh, I can't tell you the joy um, that this woman brings to me. She is just the epitome of unconditional love. And like I said, every day is just an opportunity to say, wow, thank you God for putting this amazing woman in my life. So very, very happy. That's great. Um, before we go any further, because we're eventually going to run out of time in this wonderful conversation, can you share with our listeners how they can connect with you and what it is you offer? Well, if you go to adversityisyourgreatestally.com, I've got a powerful little ebook called Five Keys to Turn Adversities into Allies. 
And it's a, it's a five-step guide that will really give you some great insights on dealing with any adversity that you might be dealing with. There's also a link to a powerful free video. Uh, it's a 40-minute live presentation that I gave based on overcoming adversity. And I can assure you that once you watch it, it will shift your spirit and lift you up and let you know that anything's possible. Mm, right. And again, it's adversityisyourgreatestally.com. Okay, Michael. So when I'm thinking in terms of adversity, I think about some of the personal adversity we go through, um, but I'm also thinking about some of the collective. And one of the, the collective shadow sides here in the United States that's been show, showing its ugly head is racism. And I happen to notice that you're dark skin and I'm light skin. I know that whatever, whatever way, you know, I, I can educate myself, I can listen, I can have empathy, but I can't have a knowingness of exactly what it's like to be a person of color in a society where there is still racism. And I want to know, I want to get your perspective on Black Lives Matter and how we have the potential to shift this into a much more positive society. Well, again, I think my life is a great microcosm of the consciousness of this planet. And here's what I mean by that. When I say adversity is your greatest ally, there's basically a simple principle called breakdown breakthrough. Breakdown. I love I love that in the book that I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so for every breakdown or for every breakthrough is a breakdown. So I believe what's happening right now collectively is that we are in total breakdown. But it's a good thing because I don't believe race relations are getting worse. What I believe is that we are now seeing what needs to be healed in our country. Yeah. And so right. when I look at this whole- It's, it's illuminating what's in, been in the shadows for a very long time. Yeah. Right. And so I think what happened collectively is in general, a lot of white people had this idea that, hey, we had a black president, so racism's gone. We, you know, racism doesn't exist because we got a black president. Yeah. Well, see, there's a lot of, again, some systemic issues that were not being addressed that are now being brought to light. Yeah. And so, again, I'm an optimist. And what's really amazing to me as I look at this movement and what's going on, for example, the last couple of years, actually, is this whole conversation about white privilege and 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 there's a new conversation and this yeah. George Floyd situation i believe what it has done it cracked open the heart of america in a way that hadn't been hadn't happened since martin luther king was killed because right the brutality of how he was killed and that image i think people have to start going wow there's something that has to change. And that's what has launched all of these movements. And once again, my optimism tells me that the universe is perfect by design. And what we're seeing is just a breakdown, which is preparing us ultimately for a breakthrough. Because the younger generation that are, are really um, spearheading these marches, see, that's the next generation that's they were brought up in an era where we had a black president and we have you know black people everywhere so it's it's a different mindset and i personally believe this is just my personal belief every generation 
expands in consciousness. Okay, so Barbara Marks Hubbard had an amazing uh, book called Conscious Evolution. And she theorizes yeah. that human beings are evolving to what she called homo universalis. Okay, have, have you heard that term? Yeah, and in fact, she was on my show before she passed. Yeah, she's, okay. and folks, you can go to the best of uh, my radio show page and you'll find her interview. Yeah, but yes, go ahead. Yeah, tell, and so tell us she, she theorizes that human beings are evolving to homo universalis. And I firmly believe that. We as a species are waking up. Collectively, we're still a very young species. If you really put it into the timeline of eternity, you know, we're a very young species. And so we're waking up. And as painful and as difficult as it might feel right now, I personally believe it's laying the foundation for us to create a better union, a better society, a better world. Because uh -huh. you have to be willing to shine light on the dark places in our consciousness, those shadow parts Absolutely. of ourselves. And yeah. I believe that's what's happening. We're shining a light on those parts of ourselves collectively. And, and let me just say specifically white people. Because huh. if you fell into that trap that racism doesn't exist today, and now you're seeing this, hopefully it's waking you up to the reality that yes, there are, there are still challenges, systemic challenges that we have to be willing yeah. to fix. And I believe this and I think that what's happening is, is what's I, I think that's, sorry, um, there's a bit of a delay. Um, I think that for some people they thought, oh, well, it's, it exists among certain people, you know, a person here, a person there, you know, the uncle at Thanksgiving who, you know, says the obnoxious thing or whatever. But what this, the George Floyd situation illuminated is that it is systemic. I mean, we, and we started, I mean, we could see this thing, you know, occasionally here, occasionally there, but I think we've come to realize that it is far more systemic than we allowed ourselves to believe. And I suspect that, um, if you're a person of color, you've known it's been systemic for a long time, right? Yeah, and again, if, if here's my perspective. Think about this. Now, I'm 60 years, well, I'll be 60 this year, a couple of months. Uh -huh. In my short lifetime, because I remember the 60s very vividly, and I remember back in the 60s when we had this little black and white TV, and on Sundays, you know, we'd all get together, watch TV. And whenever there was a black person on television, it was a huge event. I mean, people were getting on the phone I remember that too. because you didn't see black people on television, right? Uh -huh. Just in my short lifetime, I've seen us gone from not seeing black people on television to seeing black people actually owning television stations, creating their own yes. content. So it's, it's amazing how right. in my short 60 years on this planet, this country has evolved. And it's not just oh. about race. What about gender? I mean, what about women? The progress yeah. that women are making, it's amazing Absolutely. to me to see what's mm -hmm. happening. So if you look at the trajectory that we've been on as a species, I say there's reasons for optimism because the direction yeah. we're heading is toward that homo universalis idea that as human beings, we're coming to the understanding that we are all the same. We're all one. And yeah. I believe that's what we're evolving to. And I have the personal belief that, um, you know, we experience multiple lives and we come and live in various places in the world and various colors and 
and gender, you know, two different genders off and on. It's like, you know, back and forth kind of thing. So in a sense, if we embrace that, then you and I are the same, right? I, everybody is the same because we're all going to have that experience, which kind of shifts a person's perspective about, um, you know, what, what it means to be human. You know, it's like this, this flash as, you know, one role in the play, and then we come back in the, you know, in the play again, and we take a different role. Well, if, if we will choose to take what I'll call a God's eye view, a God's eye view, which is an evolutionary view, I believe, the world looks completely different. So for example, right now, because of our media and how we obsess over sensationalism and negativity, but the yeah. truth is the media only shows us less than 10% of what's actually happening in the world. Okay, so it all depends on what you want to focus on. Right. <laughs> Do you right. want to focus on what the media is showing you? Or are you going to tap into the essence of who you are and figure out how you can be a part of the solution to the challenges that the media is focusing on? Right. Well, I choose to be, uh, I, I choose to use my gifts and talents to help this process of evolution move forward. That's what I write. That's why I write, because I want to help wake people up to this idea of, I love your title, Vibration of Change. Because when we do our work, our inner work, and connect to our authentic selves, we do become that vibration that can literally change the world. I really believe that. But we have to connect to the essence of who we are first. And I think that... Um a lot of people have fallen into this sense of victimhood, um, particularly during COVID, like that, you know, we need to fear each other. We need to fear the germs. <laughs> and I think we have to be very, very careful not to allow ourselves to stay in that victimhood because first of all, it's not good for our immune system. So if we really are afraid of germs, you know, we, we should like let go of that fear. But secondly, it's like, if it's just a part of our process to break some things down in order to break through into something more positive, then um, it's not something to fear. And we shouldn't be alienated from each other is my perspective. It's, it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's part of the dysfunction of the chaos that's leading to something much, more be much better. But see, that's why shows like this are so important because it raises the vibration for the people that are tuning in to programs like this. The people that we might consider awake, you know, the people who right. are wanting to transform themselves and the world. Mm -hmm. We have to have spaces that helps us keep that vibration up because if you pay attention to mainstream media and the vibration at which it vibrates, it's, yeah. it's pretty low. It's pretty negative. So breaking away yeah. from that to keep our vibration raised so that we connect to the joy and the love that's available to all of us, that's what changes the plant. And that's why I say... I support people in transforming themselves from the inside out because everything starts as a vibration. Yeah. And you know, you you have such positive energy, Michael. I'm sure you are a wonderful coach. Um, we've got just a couple minutes left. Do you have a final message for our listeners today? Be optimistic. <laughs> don't believe the hype. Don't don't believe the hype of the negative media. Yes, there are challenges. There's, you're, you're familiar with Byron Katie, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, 
Byron Katie says something that just blew me away. She says this, when it comes to reality, there's three types of business. There's my business, there's your business, and there's God's business. The reason people suffer is because they're in somebody else's business. So for me, I focus my attention on my business. When I look out into the world and all that stuff, that's God's business. I, I don't have to right. be in that. Now, that doesn't mean I don't care about what's going on. That means I choose to uh -huh. stay in my own business, pay attention to my vibration, who I am and what I'm contributing to the world. And that's all that's really required of us to change the world is to be right. in our own business, to be and wake up to who we truly are. Yeah. And I think that um, as we focus on ourselves, it shifts the way we perceive the world. Like you, you've been you've been talking about the the kind of the positive perspective that you gained, and you understand that there's this God perspective that things are happening for a reason. Um, but I think that if we are focusing on our own inner growth, it allows us to see truth more clearly, um, as opposed to, to to sort of you know being in this place of fear and being in other people's business. Um, it it tends to keep us at that lower vibration. You're so right. Yeah, because. Being, being selfish is the most selfless thing we can do because if oh, I love we that. on ourself, who we are, self with a big S, being selfish connects us to our divinity. Yeah, love that. Again, everybody, the book is Adversity is Your Greatest Ally and uh, it's adversityisyourgreatestally.com. Um, Michael, I want to thank you for being a positive light in the world and for choosing on some level or perhaps you know the god or universal intelligence choosing for you to go through those adversities to teach people by example that it can all have a purpose and you can come out on the other side so thank you thank you thank you for again this platform for giving me the opportunity to share share that positive energy uh, and i want to thank olivia and Benny and Kyle for being such an essential part of this show. And I want to thank you, the listener, because we do this for you. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com, where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.